Recording? Yeah, recording. This is Mom's Basement Podcast, episode 42. Again. We fucked up again, edition. Yeah. So, let me explain what happened. We recorded in awesome conversation that we had with W.J. McGuffin about his ongoing Kickstarter for the game Outlive Out Dead. Yep. And then we fucked up and had a technical error. Long story short, my computer restarted seven minutes into the conversation. It was I, the vengeful ghost of Martin Luther King. I think that's what happened. Maybe that's what happened. Went Shazam and shit just and that, and that was the end of that. That was it. So, okay. Long story short, about seven minutes in, computer restarted. Uh, a recording program informed us that it had recovered and <laughs> saved the file. We said, okay. We booted up Skype again. We recorded the remaining 50... Uh, 50 three minutes or so of our conversation, and we figured, well, stitch the two audio files together, no problem. Well, it turned out that recovered file had all of the video that we didn't need and none of the audio that we did need. Yeah. So we lost the part where he introduced the game. So what's going to happen is Rudy and I are going to talk just for a minute, try to recap what he said at the very beginning, and then we will return you to Mom's Basement yeah. Podcast, Out Live Out Dead Edition, already in progress. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay, so Out Live Out Dead, I guess the elevator pitch is what? That it's a zombie game of, uh, it's a, it's a game about, how did he put it? People. <laughs> Rudy and I are doing the reenactment here. <laughs> yeah. He said it's a game about people, um, uh, in the situation of a zombie outbreak, basically. Well, and it's about the personal dynamics of it's that. It's finding the human human drama in the in a zombie outbreak. Mm-hmm. As a TV series like The Walking Dead attempts mm-hmm. to do, his major example was the George Romero zombie movies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's human drama in the midst of a zombie outbreak. And also a lot of cool zombie action. Also killing zombies. Right. And also... Becoming a zombie after you die. Right. And we had a conversation about that. And you're going to need to remember that because it comes in later. Yeah. So, human drama in a zombie outbreak. When your character dies, you get to play as a zombie or multiple zombies. Yep. Uh, We had a discussion about his inspirations, and he started to talk about John Romero movies. Mm -hmm. And that's about... That's pretty much it. ...where... We lost him, and that's yeah. about where we're going to pick up right now with him talking about his inspiration for the game. Okay. Thank you. And sorry again. Okay, sorry about that. If uh, you notice some awkward splicing in the audio, that's because uh, there was just a little computer kerfuffle, little uh, problem with the computer there. But anyway... Um, Maybe it's the zombies. Maybe it is the zombies. Alex, you need to stop chewing on the computer <laughs> card, okay? Yeah. No, bad zombie. You might electrocute yourself, bro. No, no, it's my fault. I'm so old, I thought the computer was a typewriter. I tried changing the ribbon, and I got everything all messed up. Oh, see, this is... Oh, this is... 
society's breaking down now. Yeah. Modern technology isn't functioning, and uh, we've got zombies running around. Okay, but uh, WJ, you were talking about how Dawn of the can Dead... Can anyone was... hear me? Yes. Oh my yeah. god. Hello? Yeah. Alex? Oh. Oh, sorry, it's just that uh, there was... there was. Uh, oh, jeez, do I... Nothing. No, I had to get really close to the microphone now just to hear myself. Alex had a moment of lucidity there. Yeah, his think score must be must have gone up. Must or gone down. <laughs> or gone down, yeah. Right. He made the roll. Yeah, okay. Don't trust him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, WJ, you were saying Dawn of the Dead is your the original Romero version is one of your favorite movies of all time, and you were saying why? Um, I don't remember what I was saying, but let me say this. Okay. Um, the whole fast zombie, slow zombie thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely slow. Yeah. Fast it has its place, you know. Well, first of all, this whole conversation is really unimportant. Uh, talk to yourselves about world peace or religion and stuff like that. We'll right. just keep talking about zombies. Fast versus slow. But um, slow zombies are the best. They just creep up on you unawares. You don't realize how much danger there is until there's 50 of them surrounding you. Uh, and a dog. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, so we've that's got... why I, I love the original movie. Just the slow zombies for me is where it's at. Right, and I mean, I think personally, just take the films that have the slow zombies and compare them to the films that had the fast zombies, and look at quality in general. I mean, slow zombies. You have all of the original Romero zombie films. You have the The Walking Dead. Fast mm-hmm. zombies. You have what Resident Evil. I uh, mean, twenty eight days later, I guess, sort of. Yeah, that's sort of on the medium zombies. So I I guess there are a couple of good fast zombie movies, if you count 28 Days Later. But I don't know, I think fast zombies and I think Resident Evil, and I think slow zombies and I think classic zombie stuff. Yeah, Yeah, but the game supports both, whatever the people would prefer. Right. Uh, Zombie Alex, do do you have any questions? Oh, come on now. That's not fair. Listen, listen. Um, the reason I did not allow zombies to carry equipment in the game is that traditionally, uh, zombies don't have, and please don't take this the wrong way, Alex. They don't have the cognitive capacity to use tools. Uh, hey, again, I'm, I don't want to be PC here. This is just the way it is, all right? Uh, so, there is an option in the game, though, where zombies can remember uh, their previous lives as humans and, and use tools in the game, use equipment. So, that is an option. But, um, you know, you, you just don't... I mean, I hate to go off on a Romero film, but uh, Land of the Dead, I think yes. it was. Yes, I was just going yeah. to ask you yeah, if that inspired uh, that mechanic. Uh, no, 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 no. I, I, I love Romero. Um, love his earlier work. Um, Diary of the Dead is a newer one, and I loved it. But Land of the Dead, uh, uh, really? Just, uh, they don't use tools. I'm getting inappropriately upset over something that's not that important. But they don't use tools. Right. Yeah, that did kind of ruin it a little bit for when they use the gun and stuff at the end. 
for me, it was the very end when they're they're gonna head off in their truck thing, and they look across and they see the uh, the gas station zombie carrying machine gun leading the other zombies, and, and the lead human is, says something like, "They're just looking for a home, just like we are." <laughs> yeah, no, that... They're looking to eat your face, dude. There's a big difference. Right. Uh, yeah, I think that was a place where Romero maybe let the political subtext in his films, which was always a good thing, get a little out of hand. I think the zombies were supposed to be stand-ins for, like, third-world peoples or something, but it really ended up being more insulting and cheesy than anything, really. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. And, of course, that was during the um, Iraq War era, where you had to shoehorn some sort of reference into it into every movie you made somehow, <laughs> including Beowulf, Beowulf, which is the worst case ever of trying to turn, like, fantasy into a critique of the Bush administration, but that's another another topic for another time. Anyway, um, Rudy, you questions about Outlive Out Dead. Well, while he's thinking, one thing I wanted to do is congratulate you, because I saw that just, what was it, two, three days ago, you reached your um, your goal on Kickstarter. So you are officially funded. Uh, unofficially, officially. Unofficially. unofficially. Yeah, the project doesn't end until June 2nd, and until that time, um, people can still cancel their pledges, change the number, blah, blah, blah. But yes, we're very excited. Um, right now, there's still nine days left to go, and uh, we're at a little shy of 2500 so uh, this is a success. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, there's still nine days to go, so if you're listening, go there, check it out. It's Outlive, Out Dead. I should have saved this for the end, but anyway, go on Kickstarter, look it up, and it's really cheap. You can get the PDF for what? Nine bucks. Nine bucks for the PDF, and uh, how much for the um, printed text? The uh, soft cover, we're talking $25, but you get a couple of the little uh, baubles along with that. Um, and if you need a hard cover, then talk to me directly, and uh, we'll work some kind of deal out. Cool. Oh, yeah. And this is a situation, looking at the playtest document, this isn't going to be one of those 40-page indie games. I know some people have an aversion to those 40-page indie games, but the playtest document alone without artwork or anything else, is a hundred plus pages with a scenario in there with lots of character creation options, and I'm sure it's only going to get more robust as you have the time to develop it, you know, and, and do your editorial stuff. So this yeah. is definitely a bargain for nine bucks for the PDF, or 25 for the soft cover. Yeah, no, it's definitely cool. Um... I was going to ask about your co-designers. Uh, what what kind of role did um, the other guys have? I don't have their names up right now. but uh, Paul Badowski and Jason Jarvis. Hmm. All right, this, this is going to come across as probably a little egotistical, and I do apologize. The game is mostly me. Paul Badowski is an old friend of mine. We worked on Paranoia XP back in the day. When he heard I was doing this, he wanted in, so I invited him in, but then his time um, schedule got all out of whack, and uh, he really didn't have the uh, time to commit to this. 
Mm-hmm. So, so instead, he's been more instrumental in reviewing stuff, giving me some ideas here and there. Um, and Jason, he's just someone I met on RPG.net. Uh, I like to go to their uh, game design forum, or sub forum, or whatever it's called, and uh, bandy about some new ideas, see what people think. Uh, and Jason really glommed uh, on to some of the ideas I was working with. I could tell he knew where I was coming from, so I invited him to uh, participate as well. And just like Paul, he really didn't have the time to do a lot, but he's really been invaluable, again, just like Paul in double-checking my ideas, giving me some alternatives, finishing out some of the lists, you know, I'll get to 1 to 8, and he'll help me with 9 and 11, etc. And I think a lot of times it really helps to have that other person to bounce ideas off of. Oh, uh, yes, I mean, I don't mean, or I don't use the term invaluable to kiss their ass. I really mean they've been invaluable to me. Right. And I know, talking from personal experience, Rudy and I do some some minor design stuff, and whenever I have a game, the first thing I do is say, Rudy, look at this. Is this, like, crazy? Is this dumb? Tell me what you think. And usually he does the same thing with me. And having that kind of, um, you know, having that sort of immediate feedback and having someone who you trust to give you uh, valuable feedback and to really look at what your game is and what your design goals are before they say, oh, well, I think this, is really just really, really... A precious thing to have. Yeah, yeah I mean, I can always show this stuff to my son, but he's only four and a half years old, and he just just come and go, where's the Star Wars stuff, Daddy? Right. <laughs> Valuable in its own way, but not quite the, uh, not quite fitting the need I have. Right, right. Although that's a good thing to be reminded of. It never hurts to have someone <laughs> say, hey, uh, there's not enough Star Wars in this. <laughs> true, true, true. So, um, Zombie Alex, we haven't heard from you in a while. Are you still okay? I don't know. He's not as mobile as he was. I think he's starting to decay a little bit here. His jaw is kind of only hanging half on there. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is he the guy from Resident Evil? <laughs> Nemesis, you guys know? Uh, I'm um, not sure. I'm not sure. Is it Wesker? Alex, is, is it Wesker? No. It's <laughs> not. Uh, that's not nice to say, Alex. <laughs> Oh, are you dropping racial slurs again? <laughs> no, no, it was again about humans. So, well, okay, technically that's a race. Yeah, human race. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he wanted to know why he can't play like um Nemesis, that awesome mutant. Hmm. From Resident um, Evil Three. Oh, okay. That's why I thought the big dude, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. that's where it was. I don't know. I didn't play much Resident Evil. Uh, I didn't play three, so. I'm not sure. I, I played them all, but I drink a lot. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a game that you it really uh, benefits from being played while drunk, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he wanted to know why um, can players only begin the game as a human and not begin as a zombie. Um, to be frank, I never really thought about that. Um, 
One of the, one of the things, things I wanted to explore, explore with the game, game. Uh, warning, this is going to get a little Indian and, and artsy on it. That's fine. You should see the kind of game Trudy and I make. <laughs> get more Indian artsy than that. Okay. <laughs> um, I wanted to use the game to explore the human relations, the group dynamics that happen in zombie movies. Um, I was watching a uh, British series or a miniseries called Dead Set, um, which is sort of like 28 Days Later, but with the Big Brother house. Uh, highly recommend it, really well done. Okay. But it was interesting to see not just the zombies in there, but how the people related to each other, and how there's always that bastard who leads you to fight the zombies by yourself, and then he turns you know, like Paul Reiser and Aliens, that kind of guy. Um, so I wanted everyone to start as a human, just so the game can, and the players too, explore that aspect. How do random people thrown into a crisis deal not just with the crisis, but with each other? Absolutely. No, no, that gets into something like The Walking Dead, too, and what they're trying to accomplish, and even Romero's movies, to some degree. Exactly. Now, building off of that, one thing that Rudy mentioned to me before we started recording is how much he loved the break mechanic. And maybe you want to talk about that, Rudy. Yeah, I like the way that uh, that items basically can make you break. And the, uh, well, they raise your chance to break. And uh, the, right. the best example I saw in there was the alcohol. <laughs> now, just, just to clarify something, to break is to basically roll... Higher than, you know, if you roll high enough, you get a success, but if you roll too high, you get a break. Yeah. And a break is like a breakdown. Your character has a moment crazy. where they lose control. Right. Exactly. Rudy, what, you can finish what you were saying. I just wanted to make sure people... Yeah, understand. no, I just thought it was really cool, uh, the way that things modify, like items modify, right? Because it's like you can just picture somebody who's swinging a bat at a zombie all day. You know, you can picture that kind of making them... A little unsteady, <laughs> right? To say the least. Or somebody who's firing a machine gun, you know, or or using alcohol, <laughs> right? Well, yeah. Well, yeah again, that comes out of watching uh, too many zombie movies. There's usually a scene where one of the human survivors just loses it, and you know, empties the whole machine gun right. worth of bullets into one corpse. And the viewers saying they're going, "No, save your ammo. You're going to need that later on." Right. And, and I, wanted I wanted to bring that experience into the game. So, so instead of a, a fear check or a sanity check like some other good games use, I, I tied into each attribute and if you roll too high, modified by the weapons you use, then, yeah, you go a little crazy. Right. And, yeah, like Rudy said, I really like that. First of all, I just like the concept of break checks. I think whenever you're going to have a um, the kind of basic uh, dice resolution mechanic that this game has and that so many games has have excuse me it really helps when you have add another component to it you know when it's more than just roll to succeed or fail when you're also rolling to um, rolling almost for story inspiration too you know when there's something that can happen that can really make the die roll even more meaningful and even crazier and bring something 
totally unexpected or rather unexpected into the story. And I think uh, the mechanics here do that pretty well, pretty damn well. So Yeah, on um, one playtest we had, um, the, there were four humans and they were um, fighting a pack of zombies and it lit, lit up. Always a bad idea. They, they knew that. Right. But they, but they did it anyway. That's what players are always going to do. Right. Um, one, one girl rolled a break while fighting, and it was a really bad break. She just, she just would not stop until every zombie <laughs> saw it die. And she went down swinging, and God bless the, the player. She understood, you know, thematically or um, story-wise what was going on, and she right. just ran with it. Right. Um, and that only works, though, because your character can die, and you're still in the game. Right. You're, you're a zombie now, but you can still play. You don't have to uh, take your stuff and go home. Right, right. And that's something that I think, another thing that the game does rather well is making sure that whenever you're dealing with death in a game, you're entering into a testy area. Maybe oh, not yeah. in an ideal world. In an ideal world, all your players understand the game you're playing, and they've come to play that game, and they know they can die, right? But in the real world, you know, you get the wrong dude, and he's going to knock the table over because he died. But <laughs> yeah, having a game where death when you ha okay, when you're dealing with zombies, death needs to be an integral part of the game. It just has to be, or else it's not going to be a really effective zombie survival horror game. So right. having the game that a game that keeps death there, keeps death in the equation, but also allows for there to be something after that. You know, there's something after death, and of course, in a zombie movie, and there is something after death. It's being a zombie, so it's so natural, and yet it's going to be so fun in play that I think that fits together well. And it's almost amazing that more zombie games haven't done that, and that more survival horror games haven't really figured that out, that the game doesn't have to end just because your character died, that in some ways what happens afterwards is a whole nother interesting story. Yeah, again, playing zombie games, um, feeling that the GM does not want to kill your character. Right. That brings a level of safety that detracts from the survival horror aspect. In this game, the GM can just fucking kill you. Right. And he can try hard. Um, because it's almost more fun for some people to play the zombie than it is to play the human. Right. That's true. I don't know, Rudy, what would you get more fun out of? I'd probably play the zombie. I'd probably run out and get myself killed immediately so I could play the zombie. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that. Um... I don't know, Zombie Alex, do you have any more questions? <laughs> I don't think he did, but... Uh... <laughs> oh, well, thank you, but uh, I, I make it personal policy not to meet anyone that I find online. It's just a little creepy, especially with you being a zombie and all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, I honestly, the odds of some guy you met online eating your brains is already a little too high. Yeah. You know, you add zombie into that equation, and it goes close to 99.6% or so, and after that point, nah. So, um, we talked about the game quite a bit. We're at about the halfway point here. We're at about 30 minutes. Any final thoughts on Outlive Outdead? Um... Uh, any final questions? Rudy? Zombie Alex? 
Nope, I think uh, you pretty much answered mine. You have, uh, WJ, do you want to share last word about the game? Get in one last plug for your Kickstarter? And we'll put a link up to the Kickstarter on the pod- podcast description, too, so people can find it. Last phrase, sure. The game is awesome. It, there. And I couldn't say there it better myself. It looks awesome. <laughs> I really want to sit down and play this game. And normally, actually, well, not all the time, but if the uh, designer doesn't want to come on and do an interview, what we do sometimes is we'll playtest the game beforehand, and then we'll talk about our thoughts on the design. So I was kind of disappointed that we weren't going to playtest this one, but we may in the future when we have a, uh, a um, you know, when basically we have nothing scheduled for the podcast. Uh, so when there's nothing better to do, you'll get around to my games? <laughs> sure. That's, that's usually, unfortunately, how it works in the RPG design community. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Sadly. But hey, what, what do you have to complain about? Your game's fucking funded. Or yeah. it will be, you know, knock on wood. But, uh, and that's, that's, true. that's really cool. So, building off of this, I don't know, what do you guys want to talk about? And at this point, the interview format is out the window, so every, WJ, you can just jump in whenever you want to jump in and talk, Rudy. Woo! Let's talk about chicks, man. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> I have I have very little to say on that topic. Um, I uh I like poultry a lot. <laughs> yeah. Chicken wings. Mm, chicken wings. I'm Barbecue more, wings. I'm more of a boneless wings guy. Yeah, myself. boneless are good, especially the ones they make around here. They're pretty decent. They're like no, really no, hot. you gotta pull the flesh off the bone. Otherwise, there's no point. So, are we still talking about women, or what? <laughs> no. I thought so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, hey, so, why don't we talk, we're talking about zombies, why don't we talk about zombies? Yeah. Zombie <laughs> movies, zombie books, zombie video games. Alright. Uh, I got something to say now. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you're back. You're, you're... Whoa, he's alive. We found the yeah. cure! <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw some vial somewhere, and I was like, ooh, shiny object. And then I, I broke it open and licked the glass. My tongue hurts quite a bit. Well, the important part is that you're back with us. Yes. I don't know. Sure, I mean, I can understand, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, uh, what I wanted to get at was um, earlier, I believe you said earlier, because I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm, I'm still kind of uh, out of it from what happened uh, earlier. Uh, I think you said something about, um, you know, comparing comparing the different type of zombies out there, like the slow and the fast, the uh-huh. the mutated and the you know actual dead ones, that kind of stuff. Sure. I think I think we should talk about that. Uh, get get more into it here. Okay. All right. Um, I'll start. Uh, sure. Like I said, of course, slow zombies are awesome because they lull you into a false sense of superiority think you can easily beat them over the head or run away or whatever, and the next thing you know, you're one of them. <sighs> well, I, I think this is um, some something to talk about there for sure, because I've always seen zombies as these slow zombies, you know, the, the movement, they're going to come and get you eventually. It just, when you're finally beaten and tired out, yep. uh, that's, when they, that's when they come and strike. Um, but I mean, recently, it's been becoming very popular for the 
fast zombies to come out uh, in the wood from the woodworks. And um, I, I want to know what is your take on uh, why you think uh, that's that become as as popular as it is. There's definitely uh, an extra level of fear mm. from zombies who can run your ass down, uh, like in Zombie Land. Uh, and again, I don't have any, any problem with it. Uh, like, Zombieland had fast zombies. Fantastic film. 28 Days Later, um, not nearly as good, but still good. Uh, and I'm not even bothering to go into whether the 28 Days Later things are zombies or not, because they're not dead, but whatever. Yeah, whatever, yeah. Um, I think part of it is, again, that extra fear element that you get by chase scenes, which you really can't have. In a, in a traditional zombie movie. And also, it's just different. Uh, mm. We've had so many movies come out uh, in the 70s and 80s with these slow zombies that uh, as soon as someone came up with a new spin on it, uh, other people can run with it. Right. And I agree with that, and I actually totally agree with that. And one more thing, though, is I think you have to understand that the way films are made have changed and the expectations for how films should be paced and shot yes have changed you know and gotta love the shaky cam <laughs> right right <laughs> and that there's more emphasis on keeping your pacing very especially if you're dealing with a horror film or some kind of thriller film you know it's not so much about that sort of gradual wearing down that fatigue that comes with the kind of old school psychological horror which I really love, and there are some films that do it fantastically, but it's not about that sense of being, you know, slowly ground down by, by the film. Mm. That sense of, of, of just, you know, weariness and fatigue. Mm. Now it's more about, you know, fast pacing and providing, you know, whether they're effective or not, or not, providing the thrills quickly. And there's really been a, there's been a real transition towards like jolts, you know, like, bah! As opposed to, um. Booga, booga. Right, exactly. And I think that those kind of moments aren't really, they're not impossible with slow zombies, but they're more difficult with slow zombies. So making the zombies fast means that you can easily swap them in for anything else that can jump out and go booga booga or run really fast and grab you and so that the, female protagonist can scream really loudly because she didn't see it coming, you know? That that kind of stuff has become... Yeah, it's just, um, it's easier. Right. It's a bit of a cop-out. Right, you exactly. Don't have, with, with slow zombies, you have to build a scene. You have to build up the, the, the um, attack, if you will. Right. Uh, but with faster zombies, you don't have to think so hard when you're writing a movie. Just, right. oh, we'll just put the girl here, make sure she's scantily clad, and put some other dudes here, slap the makeup on, on yep. run! Boom. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's kind of a comparison between a, um, a, a, a frog being put in a pot of water and slowly boiling the temperature up until it's dead, versus the 90 beats per minute, uh, you know, you know, haul ass, uh, and have a heart attack mid, uh, you know, mid movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, and I mean, one thing is, it's not only that the writers don't need to think as much, the audience doesn't need to think right. as much. And the audience, modern audiences don't like downtime in films very much. <laughs> you know, those moments when the film slows down and things like character development happen, 
it's like, if I'm going to get my character development, I want it while he's running, you know? <laughs> I, w I want him to give that dramatic monologue while he's firing the gun and falling off the building. I don't want the game, the movie to stop so that, you know, he can have, you know, so he can give his soliloquy or whatever. You know, he, he better kill at least three dudes during that soliloquy <laughs> or else guys are walking out of the theater. And, and you know, I hate to admit it, but I'm somewhat in that mode. Uh, when it comes to character development or, or quality, I, I tend to go to TV episodes or, right. you know, like HBO Showtime. Or just read a book. Right. <laughs> when I'm watching a movie, I just want to see naked chicks and explosions and fast cars and fireworks and blood. I mean, give me some eye candy and I'll get the intellectual stuff from other media. That's true. And you are paying, like, between 9 and $13 for the spectacle. So, so you know what? And that, so there's that expectation there, definitely. Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't like uh, fast zombie movies with the booga booga, because they make me spill my popcorn. <laughs> and popcorn's not cheap. No, especially at not the movies. Like in theater. <laughs> a theater? You go to the theaters over there? Yeah, well, whatever. Cinemas? <laughs> <laughs> the most important part, is it R-E or E-R? Oh, it's E-R. No, it's R.E. No, it's, it's not. That's only like R.E. if there's a play going on. R.E. is like... Oh, okay. That's the point. The hamster <laughs> in you was, was supposed to say R.E. <laughs> Although, actually, when I went to uh, see Pan's Labyrinth, I saw it like close to release date, and we went to a theater somewhere in San Francisco that had like curtains and shit across the screen. It was really artsy. Yeah. Really artsy Did you feel superior movie. to everyone else? Uh, no, not really. No, I, I actually was quite embarrassed to be there. But I wanted to see the movie. So. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's get back to the conversation for a brief moment here on that slow and fast thing. Kill Joy. Um, it, it is pretty. It is pretty interesting um, with the kind of comparisons that have been going on lately, uh, especially over the years, as uh, you know, people have tried to manipulate zombies into being something other than its original format. Um, because, you know, we, we all agree the original format of Zombie was slow-moving because it was either dead or it was, you know, voodoo magic. And uh, they didn't have much control over their brains of, like, what was going on. So, now that they have upgraded, they started, you know, adding viruses. They started adding, you know, from, like, you know, the Resident Evil games and stuff like that. They started adding the, the fast zombies because... Their body parts aren't decaying like they are anymore, you know, shit like that. I mean, um, it's eventually going to come to the part where you have uh, just infected humans that have superpowers. And now they're going to be zombies instead of just actual zombies now. Oh, so like Marvel zombies? Um, no, I mean, kind of like Marvel zombies, but without the actual zombie. As in, you'll just have Mr. Fantastic, but he'll be considered a super zombie instead of just being a normal superhero. I see what you're saying. Someone's going to keep upping the ante, adding more and more features. Feature creep. Yeah. So, like, what do you feel about that? Because I think that's actually a good possibility. I think that's actually going to happen sometime soon. I mean, look at Jason. Look at Jason. He is a super zombie. 
That's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't care that much. Again, my stated preference is slow. But, um, I look at Zombieland, and one of the first scenes when, um, the dude is running around his car trying to get his keys. Great scene would never have happened with slow zombies. So if they can use it entertainingly enough, then I say go for it. Yeah, I just blew your minds. Wow. Yeah. No, no, it's just it, it, I think it's one of those things where it's like you don't you you, you like what you like, and, and you're just not going to worry about any other version that anyone else is going to do. I don't worry about it either. I was just you know, asking you, like, hey, what would you think about it? Like, uh, not how would you feel? Like, would you be you know, outraged or anything like that? That doesn't matter. It was just like, what would, what would be, uh, what would be your take on that? That's what I was. That's what I'm really asking. I think it can get too excessive, like you're saying. Everyone's trying to one up each other, and if it goes to the extreme, um, it's not going to be good. It's just going to be silly rather than anything else. Um. But that means somebody eventually will come out with a movie or whatever that returns it back to its roots and everyone will rediscover everything they loved about the old songs. Right. And that's generally how it works, you know. And uh, So, I have a question. Uh, the Walking Dead, how does everyone feel about it? Because I am deeply conflicted about that TV series. And yeah. it's just about the most successful cable series, like, fucking ever. So I'm assuming that everyone here has seen it, unless they bailed on it early on. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. Alex, you have strong opinions. Let's start with you. <laughs> well, going off my anti-hipster mentality, um, I am not a fan of it. I've seen, like, the first five episodes of the first season, so I actually committed some time. I've wasted my life just a little bit on this on this aspect. And basically, it's it's too standard of, uh, zomb- of, you know, of zombie movie logic. And I really don't... I've said it before, like, because uh, someone has asked me this before, but basically they use... Um, naive logic instead of actually uh, showing some intelligence throughout the uh, throughout the show. You're talking and about the humans I... as opposed to the zombies. Oh no, the zombies they can do like you know they can play four square hopscotch, all that kind of stuff. That's normal. That's standard zombie practice. I'm talking about the humans. They um they 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 don't like try to rationalize anything throughout the show. So, so it's just it's just nothing but hype, hype of drama, and then somebody shouts, somebody cries, and then one of the other humans gets killed by a zombie. Yeah, it's too much drama and not enough, uh, you know, consistency in the world, and that's what gets me uh, not liking it. I've only watched the first season because that's the only one on Netflix, which is pretty much the only thing I watch these days. Um, my Conflicted again. Um, the fact that there's a zombie TV series that's doing really well, I'm like, fancy left and right. But then I sit down and watch it, and the characters, not the acting, the acting seems okay, uh, but the characters themselves, I just don't care. Yeah. You know, it's like, the only one that really seemed interesting to me 
was the guy from Jericho uh, at the very first episode. Um, him and his son were holed up, and his wife was a zombie outside. Oh, right. That character I loved. And then they friggin' leave him alone, don't talk to him anymore. And they go off and meet this guy who's sleeping with his wife and a kid and who's daddy. Oh, forget it. Just let them all be eaten by zombies and go on to something else. Right. Yeah, you know, I'm going to have to actually disagree with that a little bit. Really? Yeah, I no, think, I think no. the characters in this are pitch perfect. Like, the one zombie with the overalls <laughs> that had the blonde girl on the ground there, and he was, like, chasing her, and he was walking over, like, yeah. Like, that that was just awesome. I think he should win an Emmy. <laughs> oh, so you're talking about the zombies, the people, uh... Oh, yeah, fuck the people, no. The people are awesome. <laughs> but awesome zombie acting. Awesome zombie acting. The best I've seen. I um I I agree with pretty much everyone here. The human characters in this show are morons, and they're not even interesting morons. No. There there are some <laughs> movies that are about morons that are that are brilliant movies with brilliant characters. Doctor Strangelove, for example. Mm. Now that's a movie about morons where every moron is fascinating. Mm. But these are tedious, tedious <laughs> people. Without without a brain cell in their head, <laughs> you know the zombies are yeah. the zombies are better strategists and more lovable human beings than the characters on this show. Uh, in movies like Doctor Strange Love and The Big Lebowski, yeah, the characters are complete idiots, but the actors know it, the director knows it, the writer knows it, and that's part of the fun. Having characters that don't know that they're totally stupid. Right, but in this case. The writers think that they're writing, you know, profound human drama. And, you know, the, the actors, as you said, uh, you know, of some of them so-so, but for the most part, pretty talented actors, but the characterization is just abysmal. The, the second season, they had a couple of characters, and I do like Glenn. I like Glenn. Glenn, I think it's mostly the actor carrying the character, but... I think that's a an reasonably well-written character who behaves mostly in a rational way. But, but yeah, for the most part, fuck the characters. But I have to say, these are some of the most exciting, impressive zombie set pieces anywhere. The way they're yeah. filmed, the way they're shot, the way they're choreographed. The, the sense of tension, just everything about the set pieces. Once the zombies show up and someone's cornered and how they handle every bit of that is fascinating and cool and exciting. But everything when the zombies aren't on the screen is sad. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is. Like, I wish they had kept the, uh, the racist hick on there that was handcuffed to the pipe or whatever. Oh, Earl, I think his name was. Yeah, yeah Earl, or uh, what's his name's brother? Uh, uh, Daryl. Daryl. Yeah. I wish they had yeah. kept that guy because that guy was awesome. But I mean, Daryl's not bad. I mean, he's not. I think he's one of the better characters. I think. Yeah, I like Daryl too. But Moral was such a racist cracker caricature. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't imagine them showing him on every episode. But at least it would have been awesome. That's true. I mean. On a show like that, I guess you'll take any color that you can get. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, nice I actually would have liked him to be in there a little more as well, and that was just because 
he didn't uh, he didn't uh, he wasn't that stupid with his actions so at least at least it would have been like a it would have been a, like a reversal on uh, on uh, the intelligent level because usually when you think of racist hicks you think of uh, you know dumb rednecks you know and, and they, they have, have nothing intelligent, intelligent whatsoever, whatsoever to you know talk about. about. Meanwhile, in this, in this show, it would have been great if they had him making all like the smart decisions. decisions. <laughs> that see, that would have been awesome. I would have loved that. Yeah, yeah a character that no one likes, but no one can live without. Right, exactly. Yeah, and those are you know, the like you know, uh, like the like the sheriff would say something like, "Oh, guys, we should uh, you know." Go uh, split up. No, we should go live on this farm and uh, annoy the hell out of the owner until he, you know, gets pissed off, and makes us leave. Meanwhile, the redneck just goes, uh, "Why don't we just fucking shoot him and then just take over the house?" And we're good. And now you're talking like a gamer. Kill him and take his stuff. But isn't that the tension that's supposed to be there in the zombie films? Or isn't it supposed to be? You know, the despicable human beings are the ones who can survive in this hopeless, ugly situation, and you have to figure out a way to... I mean, that was at the heart of the Romero movies, you know, how ruthless are you willing to be, and how much humanity are you willing to give up? And I guess The Walking Dead is supposed to be about that, but um, I don't know. You have to have humanity to lose humanity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, that's, that's, that's all I got. I mean, like, there's other things I can talk about zombie-wise, but it doesn't seem like uh, you guys are that uh, full bore on discussing it. No, no, go on, go on. We've got... No, 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 no. I'll start. Sure. Um, so, I know one of you said you read uh, World War Z a couple mm-hmm. times. Um, I've read it a bunch of times, and they're making the movie um, with Brad Pitt. Yeah. Does that scare you off of it, or are you okay with it? You know what? Not because for me, World War Z was basically about the world elements and the, you know, the basically the set pieces and the shit that they did, like that, and you know, the explanation of the zombies, which right, or the expl well, the deeper I guess study of how people deal with it, like how the governments deal with it, how um, you know, religious people deal with it, how you know, all different groups of people. You know, and what you already see in zombie movies a little bit, but I guess this was just a deeper exploration. I mean, I just thought it was a fantastic, uh, fantastic way that he did it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I loved the um, post-apocalypse and political angles in the right. world wars. It didn't focus on the microcosm of a couple people trying to avoid uh, getting bit. It talked about the survival of the whole damn human race. Right. Um, and how nations would argue over this, and, yeah. and all the petty little bickering that still happens today would still happen in the face of this crisis. Um, and yet he, Max Brooks still managed to make America the savior of the world, which I, you know, being an American, I completely agree with. Um, and as far as Brad Pitt goes, uh, I'm not going to go so far as to say I have a man crush on him, because I don't, I promise. But um, I've seen a lot of his films that I really liked, like 12 Monkeys. I think he's a great actor, and I think he could really do good for this film. Yeah, and I I agree. I mean, I didn't read World World War Z, but uh, as much as Brad Pitt's earlier career may have made you say, oh, he's one of those actors... (laughs) You know, a lot of the work that he's done in the last decade or 15 years or so has really been pretty impressive. And he's someone who's smart about choosing what films he appears in. 
You know, he doesn't... He's yeah. not... God bless him, he's not Ben Kingsley, you know. He doesn't just appear in any any piece of shit that they'll pay him to appear in. Um, so there's that. I'm a little concerned about the fact that the film is trying to... seems to be trying to narrow in on one specific story. It feels mm. like it's trying... The aim of the film is to tell a more linear narrative mm. than the vignettes and stuff that were in World War Z. That worries me. Uh... Not enough that I won't keep following the film and think about going to see it, but it's a little bit, you know. Yeah. See, for me, World War Z seems more like a documentary, like a docudrama type of deal. Yes. Like yeah. a mockumentary. Mockumentary, yeah. I mean, that would have been lovely to see. If they actually filmed it like a, um, a Ken Burns style. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Because that's sort of how it was written. I mean, it was written kind of. Right. Tongue in cheek. Uh, that, that's exactly why, uh, what I was, uh, was going to say there was that the only thing that I'm going to be concerned with is the style of the film itself. I really hope they make it like almost like a mockumentary, uh, if they, if they wanted to do it like that, where, you know, there's serious talk, you know, you know, maybe a little shaky cam if you wanted to get the full documentary set up correctly. But, uh, more, more often, like, make it more about the, um, the interview set style and as the people are giving interviews, it'd be almost like a history channel where they start displaying, like, you know, dramatizations. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. Definitely. But the only difference is, you know, the, the problem I see with that is because it's going to be a major motion film, you know, it's going to be on the screen in the theaters. The only problem I see with that is they're not going to really go with that because that's not the style you usually do for theaters. Exactly. They got a big budget. They got a big star. They're gonna put some explosions in car chases somehow. Right. Well, you can still do that for the interview thing, but you know, there's gonna be moments where there's gonna be like five minutes of just talking, and that's gonna be the problem. Well, yeah. I, you know what you could do though? You could film it District Nine style, mm. where you have those documentary elements in the film, but you also have a a sort of linear narrative, you know, where you use the techniques of a documentary and you use those kind of cutaways and you fill, you, uh, include all the little side stories as, as documentary moments, but you still are able to hold together it as a, you know, full length, big budget action movie. And I think if they use something like District 9 as the, um, as the format, as the mold, I think you could get something pretty cool about that that would be able to out of that that would satisfy most everyone. Yeah, but it'd be risky. It would and, be. Uh, yeah. That's anathema to uh, big studios these days. Unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, no, I will say this about the book itself. Um, for those of y'all, including people listening to me right now who haven't read it, um, I gave it to my father. My father's in his 60s. He's a banker. He's about as far away from science fiction and gaming as you can get, and he's read it twice himself. He absolutely loves this book. Wow. That's a pretty serious endorsement, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if gamers and bankers could come together over one book... It would be that one. <laughs> So, what you're saying is this could be the one book to rule them all. Oh. I would say that, except I hate people who say things like that. <laughs> oh. 
just kidding, just really. Being, that, that was, was just being cheesy. That's funny, <laughs> hilarious, good stuff. Hey, I love this. Oh, uh, you brought zombie Alex to tears. Oh, yeah. Or, well, living out bloody zombified tears. <laughs> right. Or maybe he's thinking of reverting to zombie form now in order to kill the pain. <laughs> if a joke be so bad as to make a zombie cry, you know you're doing right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so anyhow, right. so, we're closing in on an hour here, I think. I'm not sure how much it's going to be when I splice the two together. Uh, any final things you really want to talk about about zombies? Not really. I just want to say thank you guys for uh, having me on, though. Now, that's not quite zombie-related. No. It's notwithstanding. Um, but seriously, thank you guys for, for having me here. I really appreciate it. No, it's great. Yeah, it's good fun. to have someone here. You've been a lot of fun to talk to. I've had a lot of fun talking zombies, so... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Good fucking times. Okay. Any any final? We'll go around the table here. Final thoughts, Rudy. Um, I just like to say I think there should be more child zombies in movies, but I know that's never gonna happen. But anyway. uh, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but you should uh, watch the second season of The Walking Dead. Oh really? Hmm. Alex. I'm all good for this uh, discussion here. I mean, uh, zombies, they're not my favorite thing, but I appreciate them. And the uh, majority of people who use zombies do it wrong, and I'm glad this this RPG book actually gets some of it, gets most of it right. Cool. Cool, yeah. And um, personally, I'm not someone who, who's infatuated with zombies. Uh, I like zombies, I like some zombie movies, can take or leave others, whatever. But like Alex said, I think this is the RPG um, that really gets this style right in a way that I haven't seen other RPGs do it. So once again, before we sign off, uh, the link's up on the website. If you want to go on Kickstarter, though, and look it up, it's Outlive Outdead. Right now, there's, you said there's nine days left? Nine days. Nine days. So you still have time to get your copy. Come on. Nine bucks for a PDF. Buy it. Come on. What, what are you going to do? Whatever else you would spend nine dollars on would be a socially destructive thing <laughs> or a personally destructive <laughs> thing that you should not do. Put, put down <laughs> that five dollar bottle of wine. You don't need it tonight. You know, stay away from Wendy's for the night. Whatever, whatever you need to do, you know, $9 is not going to buy you that much crack cocaine or meth. I'm sorry. It might buy you a lot of meth. <laughs> Depending on the region of the country where yeah. you live, okay? <laughs> Montana is pretty much well. So, go out, support this game. It's cool. All right. Alex, are you ready to pull the microphone out? Uh, no, because I'm not recording this. Well, I think it's time for you to unplug the microphone. Okay, I'm unplugging the microphone now.